Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. It's good to be confident in your beliefs. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. But it's not good to be so comfortable in your understanding that you don't listen to others who can help you grow in the Most High. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible, and the Bible is all about Yeshua the Messiah. That's right. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com, find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our friends in France and Florida. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Red Pill Torah is an outreach of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Find us at B-E-M-M-A dot O-R-G. So, Mama, one of the criticisms I've heard directed at believers like us is that we're focused on works as a means to salvation. Have you heard that one? I've heard that one before. At the end of the day, we are saved by grace through faith, and we strive to live lives that are pleasing to Jehovah. Amen. He has outlined what is pleasing to him in the Bible, so we're just trying to understand the Bible in context and do what it says. Amen, Mama. You know, another criticism I hear is a little more subtle. It suggests that we're prideful because we strive to learn so much about the Scriptures. I've heard things like, no one knows everything, including you people. Someone said that to you? It was probably because they couldn't refute an answer that you gave. Look, let's be clear. By Jehovah's grace, we've learned a lot, and we still know that we have a lot to learn. Acknowledging that as a fact is how we came to this point. You and I had accepted Yeshua as Savior decades ago, and we were confident in our faith and walk with Him. Then, when we encountered some things in the Scripture that we weren't living in alignment with, we were like the believers that Paul met in Ephesus. Let's read about them in Acts chapter 19, starting at verse 1. It says, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul completed his travels through the inland country and arrived at Ephesus, where he found a few believers. He asked them, Did you receive the Ruach HaKodesh when you came to believe? No, they said to him. We've never even heard that there's such a thing as the Ruach HaKodesh. In that case, Paul said, into what were you immersed or baptized? The baptism of John or Yochanan, they answered. Paul said, Yochanan practiced an immersion in connection with turning from sin to Elohim. But he told the people to put their trust in the one who would come after him that is, in Yeshua. When they heard this, they were immersed in the name of the Lord Yeshua. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them. So they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. In all, there were about 12 of these men. Mama, here's a question for you. How might that interaction have gone if those believers had answered Paul by saying, hey, we've been saved for years. We know enough about the scriptures, so we don't need to hear what you have to say. Besides, you don't know everything. We don't even know who you are. So take that doctrine somewhere else. Well, Daddy, 
They probably would not have been baptized, and if there was no unity, the Ruach HaKodesh may not have come on them. Acts chapter 2 says that they were all with one accord in one place when the Ruach came upon the disciples. Also in the writings, uh, Psalm 133 verse 3, it teaches us the connection between unity and Jehovah commanding the blessing, eternal life. Hey, miss, um, pump the brakes a minute. You don't know everything in the Bible. Hey, I'm just saying, all that scripture, don't go getting puffed up on me now. Very funny, Daddy. Well, I, I get one good joke per episode, and maybe this wasn't it. But <laughs> seriously, I love the scriptures you referenced. These men's hearts were in a place that they could really hear the message of Paul. Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, gives a nice description of what I see in these 12 or so men. Dad, that is a nice scripture to tie in. It starts out addressing the works issue we occasionally hear about. And as it turns out, the Almighty has his own set of works in mind. Reading from verse 6, it says, With what can I come before Jehovah, to bow down before the Most High? Should I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves in their first year? Would Jehovah take delight in thousands of rams with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Could I give my firstborn to pay for my crimes, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? You have already been told what is good, what Jehovah demands of you, no more than to act justly, love kindness, and walk humbly with your Elohim. So, Mama, let's look at these things that our Elohim expects from us. First of all, some believers see an abbreviated mention of Jehovah's expectations and apply that as if it replaces the expectations found in the Torah, God's instructions. Now we see that in Matthew 22, verse 36, where a lawyer asked Yeshua which was the great commandment in Scripture. Yeshua answered with the Shema. We are to love Jehovah our Elohim with all we are and all we have. Amen. Yeshua also gave the second great commandment, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yeshua said that all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When believers say this is all they have to do, I think they're oversimplifying Yeshua's answer. The truth is, we don't get to define what it means to love Jehovah our Elohim, or what it means to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's right, Mama. We learn how to love Elohim's way by following the instructions of the Torah. That way, we won't be found in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of the Almighty. How did we get to the point that we embrace a doctrine that discounts the instructions in righteousness, boiling them down to two points and leaving it up to the believer to define what they mean? Daddy, if we follow that logic, we could discount what we read in Micah chapter 6 because it isn't the same abbreviated list that Yeshua gave. Mm. Thank Elohim that we know better. Amen. The first thing our Elohim expects is for us to act justly. The Hebrew word translated as justly is mishpat. That means a judgment. We're acting in a way that aligns with the way Jehovah has judged the situation. Judgment involves a value and a decision favoring one thing over another. We are to love what our Elohim loves and base our judgments on His judgments. We find His judgments in the Torah. 
Without Torah, there is no way to define how to act justly. We are to love chesed, or kindness. Now the men in Ephesus received Paul with kindness, even as he explained his doctrine, which was different than theirs. I believe that the Ruach HaKodesh was working on the hearts of these men, preparing them to receive him. Now contrast that with the heated debates and public exchanges between professing believers that we see these days. Maybe if the believers who disagree would meet in private to discuss scripture, meekly restoring a brother who may be confused, others would perceive more kindness. These public debates don't usually seem to end in reconciliation, restoration, or even changing minds. The third expectation that Jehovah has for us is big. We are to walk humbly with him. The Hebrew word translated as humble is tana. It implies acting with discretion or in a reserved manner. James chapter 1 verse 19 describes it by saying we should be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, because human anger does not produce Elohim's righteousness. These men in Ephesus received Paul's testimony with humility. Dad, what if we weren't humble when we heard about areas of the scripture and faith that we had not considered? What if we had responded with, we've been saved for years. We know enough about the scripture, so we don't need to hear what you have to say. Besides, you don't know everything. We don't even know who you are. So take that doctrine somewhere else. Mama, that example sounds kind of familiar. I can say, we received the word with humble hearts. And that allowed the Ruach to work in us, mm -hmm. leading us to our walk today. I pray that we are still humble before the Almighty, open to His instructions, His Torah. Amen. Especially when our ways or understanding are not in line with what His instructions say. After all, we don't know everything. Our walk is a faith walk. We are rooted and grounded in the covenant and integrity of Jehovah. We relate to Jehovah through the atonement offered by Yeshua, his unique son. Many people who disagree with our messianic expression would say the same thing. Yet, while we don't agree on everything, we can still be brethren. If we do what our Adonai expects of us, if we act justly, love kindness, and walk humbly with our Elohim, surely he can and will lead us to right standing with him. So... What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and defend your traditions, finding comfort in the many other people who live just like you live? Or would you take the red pill and humbly change what you are doing to line up with Elohim? Only you can answer that question. Your challenge to change and grow might sound like an attack on your faith. And the truth is, it may actually be an attack on your faith, because your faith is incomplete. The brethren in Ephesus were doing fine with the baptism of John, until they heard about the Ruach HaKodesh. If they had decided to keep doing what they were doing, they could have missed the fullness of the promise from Elohim. Rejecting the Most High is not standing still, it's going backwards. You are responsible for knowing the difference between man's institutions or as they say in the New Testament, the traditions of men and God's instructions. Without a humble heart, 
you may never be able to open up to the correction of Jehovah, which each of his children will experience. Great deception is coming, so great that if possible, it would deceive even the elect of Elohim. That deception will likely be grounded in trusted traditions. So pray, study, and examine yourself to determine if you're in the faith. Show love to the brethren, show mercy, and love the judgments of Jehovah our Elohim. None of his word is obsolete. Well, that's it for today's episode. Mention Red Pill Tour to a friend and find B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Red Pill Tour online. Thanks for listening to Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. truth.